I'm going to do something that I don't do all the time, but I think we may need to a little bit today. I'm going to do just a tiny bit of recap of last week. So last week we started a new series that I'm calling Conscious Choice, and last week we dug right into the most minutiae, if you will, of details on choice. And I recommended to everybody that they really evaluate literally the thousands of choices they make every day. Everything from the things we don't even think about, things like, well, what side of the bed do I get out of? Literally, right? What, uh, what traffic pattern am I going to take to get here today? You know, you know, the thousands and thousands of thousands of choices. And I even expanded that towards the end by saying, and what about the choices you don't make? Because that, too, is a choice. We often decide, whether we're conscious of it or not, to just go with the flow, to say, well, wherever the tide is taking me today, that's where I'm going. And that, too, is a choice. And we sort of ended up the discussion last week talking then about, well, how much of our choices are conscious, the ones we're really thinking about, really making a conscious effort to, is this me? Is this what I want to do? Is this how I want to show up? Is this what I want to do today? Is this what my life is supposed to be like? Those conscious kind of decisions then, and what percentage of them are we just going with the flow? Do you know what I mean? Just signing up for what happened last year, just signing up for the, the kind of program du jour. It's, it'd be like going to a restaurant, always ordering the soup du jour, right? And just never really caring. So that's where we ended last week, and it was really a call to think more about making choices. And the reason we're recapping is I'm going to expand on that today. Because individual choices are interesting, and when you add them up, you end up with something a little different than an individual choice. And we're going to talk about the word that I call destiny today. And as you can imagine, uh, in the science of mind, we have a little bit different flavor of what destiny might be than what is in the popular vernacular. And in fact, I'm going to start out with a, a small joke about destiny to, get, to um, get us moving in the right direction. So a mother woke her son up on Sunday morning and told him he needed to get ready for church. The son replied to his mother that he didn't really want to go to church that morning. She told him, nonsense, he should get ready to go. It's your destiny, she said. But mom, he complained, everybody hates me. The sermons are boring and none of my friends are usually there. His mother replied, now son, first of all, everybody doesn't hate you. Only a couple of meanies, and you just have to stand up to them. Second, the sermons really aren't that bad. You know, if you paid attention, you'd be surprised at how good they are in helping people. And third, frankly, you have lots of friends at church. Everybody looks forward to seeing you. And finally, it's simply your destiny. After all, you're the minister. <laughs> You probably saw that one coming. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what is this thing then called destiny? Is it what people expect us to do? Is it that sort of cosmic book that, that God or, or something has already written where the answers to all the questions are? You know, there is that popular idea, I guess, that, that destiny is something that's kind of pre, preordained or, or, or set up for us, that we're just kind of following along in a path that has been set up for us by, I don't know who, by God or, or whatever. And, and absolutely, we believe here in free choice. So if there is to be a thing called destiny in the science of mind kind of area, it would have to be a destiny that we take part in. And if we, in fact, if we think of destiny then as 
what comes next? If we think of destiny as, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to accomplish? What is my destiny over the rest of my life? Then I would say we can come up with a kind of a unique and different idea of what destiny is. And if you want a new definition of it, simply think of it as the sum of all your thoughts and choices. Think of it just as upscaled of what we talked about last week. Those thousands of choices we make every day, when you upscale them into a lifetime of thoughts and beliefs and and emotional impact and choices, that's really what our destiny is. Because what we believe, right, is as we think, as we believe, as we take action, then the world unfolds according to those thoughts and ideas and actions. And so that is our destiny. Now there's some good news and some bad news here, as you can imagine, and we talked about it last week, right? Because in the same way that individual choices can be conscious and unconscious, I think so our destiny, so that creation that is our lives moving forward, that to a large degree can be unconscious and conscious as well. And I want to spend a moment talking about each one of these. So, so first, the idea of our destiny being a little bit on the unconscious side, you might think of it just as trends or likelihoods. Have you ever um, been to visit a doctor and the doctor will say, well, based on your family history, the likelihood is, I remember the uh, first time uh, my, my medical plan where I used to work included you know, an annual checkup like for free. And I thought, well, this is cool. And I think I was maybe 35 or 40. And so much to my horror, the doctor just launched right in. Well, according to the medical history here of your mom and your dad, you know, we need to start working because you're going to be getting high blood pressure in, in you know, probably in the next five to 10 years. And of course, you know, all of your grandparents died of heart disease, so we'll start checking your cholesterol, and I want to make sure that, well, actually, I won't even mention what he said we needed to do when I turned 50, because that's just, that's just too indignant for words. But, but, but what I seized upon was this idea of, how can this person write my destiny? Do you know what I mean? Now, it may be that the odds, the likelihood, the... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the trend of what's going on out in the world would say that people with my family history may end up with these kind of medical conditions. But you know what? I don't have to buy into that. That doesn't have to be my destiny any more than um, someone who's a, you know, know, it was very funny, a friend of mine in in high school was born into a very musical family. Her her mother was a concert pianist and her father um, enjoyed music quite a bit too, played several instruments. And so it was just assumed, right? I met up with her in band in high school. It would just be assumed that her destiny would be musical. And you know what? She hated it. She was in band because her parents wanted her to be in band. We do not have to follow through with what other people, what other um, ideas of life are like. We get to write our own destiny if we will. Now here's the unconscious part. If we give over most of our choices, if we continue thinking what most people think, if we have the general beliefs and opinions and ideas that most people will have, we're going to buy in 
to all those likelihoods. We're going to buy into the likelihood of high blood pressure. We're going to buy into the likelihood of, of uh, some sort of disease attacking us, uh, you know, in our 50s and 60s. We're going to buy into the idea that marriages are short and, uh, and often end poorly. We're going to buy into the idea that children are hard to raise. We're going to, do you know what I mean? It's like there are all kinds of prominent ideas out there. And if we allow destiny to be written for us, sadly, that's what we're going to get. Now, some good things will come with it, right? Uh, I mean, what is average and what is usual out in the world, a certain percent of it is good things. We don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. But if we buy into it all, if we just throw our hat in the ring, so to speak, and go with the flow, we can expect the flow to take us where it takes most other people. Now let's talk about consciously writing our destiny for a moment. And I think that the easiest way to do this for me was what I learned in the opera. So I've been going to the opera for some time, and I remember the very first time I went with a friend of mine named Susan. And it, it was funny, we went to see Aida, and in the program there, among other things, they were actually advertising for us, audience members, to be in the opera. And I thought, well, this is a marvelous thing. Wow, Susan, look, I can be this thing. I don't know what it is. It's called a supernumerary. Wouldn't that be totally fun? And she said, well, Larry, um, notice up on, on the stage when, you know, after intermission, the people carrying the spears, those would be the supernumeraries. And I went, oh. She said, yeah, they don't sing, they don't act. She said, often they don't even move. Sometimes they're just standing there when the curtain goes up, and they're standing there when the curtain down, goes down. And although it's kind of fun, you know, don't think that this is any big acting gig, if you will. So I want to ask you a question. Are you a star of your own life? You know, uh, uh, contrast that, I guess, with the diva, right? She is standing proudly at the, at the front of the proscenium, and she has a dress that's like 40 feet long, <laughs> usually bright red, <laughs> right? It's like there are parts to be played that are huge in this world and beautiful and wonderful, and according to your definition. You know, all operas don't, aren't even tragical. A lot of them are filled with great joy and love, and that could be your life. You could be the person really in charge, if you will. So how on this larger scope do we begin being the director of our own lives? How do we on this larger scope begin calling the shots and making a difference in our own lives? How do we cast aside this tendency, if you will, just to do what everyone else is doing? Well, first of all, of course, is awareness. And there are a couple areas of awareness I want to talk about. First of all, I just want to say up front, you know, you make it all up in your heads. Life, I mean. You make it all up in your heads. And generally, entirely independent of the facts, by the way, too. And I'll even illustrate this with, a, with something that I noticed with my mom. When my mom first stepped, moved up here to Portland, you know, she was having some mobility problems, and we moved into a place uh, that was assisted living. And, and initially, 
she really didn't like it there very much, I have to tell you. And although it was a beautiful place, it had, uh, you know, the bus would take you for outings and shopping, and oh my gosh, they had um, outings to go to the casino and to the beach, and there were bridge clubs there, and she loved to play bridge, and they showed movies on Friday nights and Tuesday nights, and well, I could go on and on. I mean, there was something going on there all the time, and she stayed in her room and complained about how awful it was about how small her life felt, about how small the, um, really her ability to have any effect on her world was. And you could see it in her, literally the life force in her for some time just looked diminished. And one day, a friend of hers passed on, one of the uh, most elder people there at the assisted living place, and I think she was like a hundred and something, I can't remember, and, uh, and at the uh, little memorial that they had, many people talked about how, you know, extremely late in life, this elderly woman had really done a lot of stuff. They were talking about her going on field trips uh, and cruises in her 90s. She had her car up until she was 95. They were going on and on really about how this woman had lived. And I think this was what did the trick. Because a few days later, there was a change in my mom that was palpable. So she'd lived there um, probably about 18 months, and suddenly one day she decided to live. Now the place hadn't changed at all. The place was exactly the same, but how she changed. Suddenly the food was good. I mean, to her speaking of it, and I'm sure they didn't change the menu. Suddenly all the activities were fun and interesting, and they were the same activities, right? Nothing really had changed except her perception. Suddenly, she decided to not be a supernumerary anymore. She decided, my spear-holding days are over. I'm going to make a difference in my own life. I still remember one of the last things we did together, a whole busload of people in their 80s and 90s, we went down to the beach together, and she was charging up and down the sand. Our life is 100% made up. So often, even independent of the basic facts of it, we can be whatever we choose to be. The other thing about um, so-called reality, <laughs> right? Because we make it all up. But the other thing about reality is when we hold on to a truth in our heart, whether it be an actual truth or just something we made up, the universe will do just about anything to give us more evidence of it, too. And this we, you know, in, in Science of Mind, we talk about it as the law of attraction, or we talk about it, the power of God bringing thoughts, uh, you know, into form. But however you want to talk about it, there's another force here. It isn't just our perception. It's also that the universe is actively conspiring with us. Now I say with us, with us both in our unconsciousness and in our consciousness. If our unconsciousness takes us to a place of, of loneliness and sadness, if our unconsciousness makes us believe that as we get old we'll get lonely, if our unconsciousness says, you know, at my stage of life I probably am doomed to have some kind of chronic health problems, then the full force of the law of God will make sure that this is true for you. And the flip side 
The really sweet, sweet, sweet side is that no matter what those tendencies are, if we have a different opinion, if our opinion of life is that it is good, if our opinion of life is that it is sweet, that it is filled with love, that it is filled with abundance, that it has that, that harmony of being with our fellows, that it has that joyousness of being in relationship, if these are the things that we know to be true in our heart, that goes beyond just our opinion as well. I swear to you, the universe will actually reorder itself to bring you more of the same. So my question today is what part do you play? Are you going to go with the flow? Are you going to be one of those tendencies? Or are you going to be the protagonist of your own play? If we're making it up, that means each of us is the playwright. Each of us gets to decide if it's a comedy or a tragedy. Each of us gets to decide our part to play in it. And I, for one, would really hate to see the people in this room have minor roles in the stories of their own lives. And so I'm going to assign you, if you're willing, a little bit of homework this week. Um, I know some of you love journaling. If that would be you, then you're going to like this assignment. If not, if you have a, a, shall we say, an inversion to journaling or writing, I would like you to try this anyway, because it doesn't have to be a very long homework assignment. I would like you to take out just a few sheets of lined paper and a pencil and write the next chapter in your life. And I, while you're doing it, I want you to answer the question, do I have a leading role here? Am I just carrying a spear? What is the next chapter in your life? It can be as big a role as you want. It can be that juiciest part of a lifetime. It can be filled with joy and happiness. It can have the relationship of your life, the, the dream job. It can have the contentment and the peace and the simple joy that you want. I hope it will. But remember back to last week. I want us to be very conscious about this. Even if you're going to take a pass on this, let us say that you really just can't even imagine then how good your life could be. Then I would like to have you even make that conscious. Even if all you write on the paper is, I'm going to go with the flow, I would like that to be your conscious choice. I'm going to close the talk today with a final quote from this, uh, the way this chapter ends on destiny. And I just want to remind you, destiny is your choice. Here's what Ernest Holmes says to close out this chapter of It's Up to You. He says, heretofore, maybe we have been unconscious creators. So let us not condemn ourselves. When we perfectly understand the law of cause and effect, and we work with it, it shall be able to bring into our lives the good that we wish. So let us accept this power with love and with gratitude, and we can start to create a more wonderful destiny for ourselves. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence in this universe. It is that thing with which I call God. And what I know about God is that it has given the ultimate gift of free will, that each person here, including myself, gets to choose. 
And I know for my own part that I choose to be that diva. I choose to be the protagonist in my own life. I choose to be the one writing the story that I enjoy. I let go of any tendencies or, or portents or belief that my life is already measured out. I just release them. And instead, I know that I choose the potential that I want. That the life I want to lead, the, the people I want to be around, the, the joys and sweetnesses and quiet victories, the success, the sometimes even some of the heartache, I buy it all, but it's to my design. It is my story and I am the hero of that story. And as it is true for me, I claim it and tr know that it is true for each person in this room. Each person here is the heroine or hero of their own stories. Each person here writes the next chapter of their own lives, and it can be so good. And so it is with great love, it is with, uh, with great honor that I simply acknowledge the power and presence of it, God as it, as it just fills this room. I'm grateful in knowing that free will, that choices are here for everyone. Grateful in knowing that with each passing day, the choices are better, that they're more life-affirming, that they bring about more of the true story of each of our lives. I simply let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. So glad you're here today.